Praise the Lord. So the text for my message this morning, I'll take from verse um, uh, Genesis chapter 37. I'm just going to take that from Genesis 37. And um, that'll be from verse 13. Genesis 37 from verse 13. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem. Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto him, Here I am. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the folks, and bring me word again. So he went, he sent him, so, sorry, so he sent him out of the vale of uh, Abron, and he sent, and he came to uh, Shechem, 15. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They departed ends, for I heard them say, let us go to Dotham. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dotham. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said to one another, Behold, the dreamer cometh. Praise the Lord. So my message this morning I titled, Behold is in Dotham. Behold is in Dotham. Uh, the Bible actually has a reference to Dotton twice. Uh, the first uh, passage that we read this morning, so am I, this thing doesn't seem to, <laughs> not sure, okay. So, the, doesn't seem to be, uh, sorry, it's okay, okay. Alright, so the, the Bible actually has reference to uh, Dotton twice. In the Bible, you'll see the first one. No, the first one is actually where we just read now. Sorry? It's okay, okay. Yeah, behold, he is in Dotton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Dotton. Yeah. So there are two references to this uh, particular Dotton in the Bible. Dotton. Uh, the first time you would actually come across it is uh, when uh, the story of Joseph came up. And the second time is when you actually saw Elisha. So Dalton is uh, a significant uh, location within the context of uh, the biblical history. And this morning I just want us to actually open our hearts. Uh, it's, a, it's a simple word that God gave me and I believe that uh, someone will find something in it. And that the Lord will improve you for that in Jesus' name. So from the verse that we read, that's uh, 37, Genesis 37. Um, this is a reference to Joseph. And it's a reference to, because I mean, if you start from uh, the beginning of the verse, I'd just like to maybe say one and two. Uh, Joseph lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. And it actually starts with Joseph. You know, most of the places in the Bible, it actually starts with the, uh, the first child of that uh, person that the Bible is actually trying to reference. But in this particular place, it actually starts with Joseph. 
So in the mindset of uh, Jacob, it appears to me that Joseph actually was the main person that he has. That's his main, uh, you know, it's like the one that he loved the most. And the Bible actually recognized that. Uh, all his other brothers, all they just got in verse 2, was they just mentioned the daughter, I mean the sons of uh, Zelia and the sons of Belia. That's all the reckoning that the Bible has for them in that place. Um, so, I'll say that Joseph is a man that was much loved. He was so loved by his father that even the Bible actually recognized it. He was much loved more than his brothers. His brothers themselves they actually knew that uh, my dad would choose Joseph before me. You know, it's a terrible thing if uh, you have your children and one of your children just feels that, oh, dad is always going to choose this person before me. It doesn't give actually comfort to the children. It's not a good comfort that a child has in the home when it's so obvious that the love of the father or the love of the mother is available only towards one person. Um, I'm still trying to create my context, so I haven't actually gotten into the message yet. I like uh, context when I, uh, when I try to, um, yeah. So they're excluded from the basket or from the uh, entirety of uh, Joseph's, uh, Jacob's uh, law. Joseph actually is the embodiment of uh, Jacob's love. He's actually the apple of his eye, just like we are all the apples of God's eye. Uh, the brothers, they knew this, and they were not happy. You know, and uh, it's such a shame that, I mean, he also came from a dysfunctional family. You know, the mother loved Joseph, uh, Jacob. The father loved uh, Esau. And, you know, it's also playing out in his own life that he's having to actually choose one before the other. I pray that the Lord will help us not to choose one before the other in Jesus' name. Yeah, because it's not, uh, it's not really a good thing. But the man was a man that was gifted in dreams, even though he was actually a young man. You know, I, I equate him at this level to Samuel. You know, the first time Samuel actually got a call from God, he was not aware what that call was. He actually thought maybe uh, Eli actually called him. So this guy was having several dreams. And he, at the time, was not a person that you could say actually understood most of these dreams. He just knew that he had it, and he just shared it. And there's risk in sharing what you don't understand. There's a lot of risk. Given the fact that, uh, you know, the Bible told us, uh, excuse me, the Bible actually gave us a reference to, uh, if we look at um, uh, verse 11, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bible reads that, and his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. Praise the Lord. Yeah, his brothers actually envied him. These are, I mean, we're not talking about uh, people that don't know themselves. These are family members, uh, just in the same context as the church also. We're all family members. We're all children of God. Uh, within the context of where we are, uh, God is giving you a dream. You don't understand it. You're sharing it with some brothers. And it appears, ah, why is it that it's only just this man that God is talking to? Just the same way that, uh, you know, uh, his brothers actually felt. Why is it that it's only this guy 
that seems to be untrue. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So why is it that it appears that everything seems to just be going right for Joseph? Because he doesn't seem to have any worries. His life seems to be well mapped out. His dad probably had uh, uh, put in the bank account somewhere some big amount for him to, uh, to go through life. His brethren, they can't actually... Uh, I'm not sure they, they would able to, they, they're able to actually say that, oh, my dad has saved this for me. Because there's all some of the uh, fear that is going through their lives. So this guy was having dreams. But he doesn't understand what the dreams were. He was actually sharing the dreams as they come to his brothers. And the brothers are looking at themselves like, hey, not only is it that we don't have love, but something is telling us that we're going to be slaves to you. Because that's more or less the dreams that you're having. You're going to be my slaves. And they couldn't take that. And they were very, very jealous. They were envious. But you know, when I was actually doing the study of this thing, what actually uh, caught my attention was that the father actually pondered on those words. But the times when quick to just make our decisions without actually pondering. The man stayed in a state of pondering because himself was actually a dreamer. This man had actually experienced God before. He had dreamt before. He had understood when he was seeing things that are ahead of him. You know, the vision that God gave him were, I mean, just like uh, Abacock said, vision is for an expected time. But he actually took it as a literal thing. You guys are going to actually bow to me. At that time, the, the dream probably hadn't actually been there. formed properly. God hadn't actually released the essence of the dreams to him. So we're still going somewhere. So I'll say that uh, it was a rookie. This actually was a rookie guy that didn't understand what dreams were. So you'll be wondering, why am I just talking about dreams? Why is it that just dreams, dreams, dreams? Dreams actually, actually... Jesus, okay. I hope it's okay. Yeah, dreams actually is, uh, is a way into your fruitfulness. The dream is a way to your fruitfulness. It actually tells you whether you're going to be fruitful or whether you're not going to be. If you're not dreaming, then you cannot actually begin... Uh, to understand the capacity that God has given you in terms of uh, your ability to be fruitful. I you know, uh, as I began to uh, study the word more, and I realized that not only is it that this guy's actually envied him, hated him, but the Bible told us that you know, they even went as far as saying they were going to slay him. So your fruitfulness actually can be destroyed even before you start. Your fruitfulness can be destroyed before you start. So my first prayer point is that God, let not my fruitfulness be destroyed. Because you don't really know what God has planned for you. So I'd just like us to actually have that prayer point that everything that contains my fruitfulness, Lord, let it not be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray this morning, O God, that our fruitfulness shall not be destroyed. Our capacity to be fruitful, Lord, will not be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, everything that you have embodied as a source for us to be fruitful, we pray, Lord, that the hands of the evil one will not touch it. 
in the name of Jesus. We ask that you help us, O oh God. Empower us, O oh God. Empower us to expand, empower us to grow. Empower the seeds, O oh God, that you've given us, O oh God, to germinate. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Now, so this is a guy that even though his brothers actually hated him, you know, because it's obvious from the Bible, I mean, if you read uh, uh, the Genesis 37 very well, they disliked him. But there was something that actually uh, took my liking, because his father told him, go and check on your brothers. He could have told his dad, you know, these guys actually hate me, and I don't want to go because I don't know what's going to befall me. But he was so glad, he packed everything and he went on in search of the same people that actually hated him. You know, we're in a church, we're a of Christ, where there's unity. But also, you can have a guy that actually has a dream that appears to be better than yours. It appears, I'm, I mean, that's why I, I actually put it in quote, it appears to be better than yours. The fact that he's having it doesn't mean that in the end of time, that dream probably would uh, turn out uh, more glorious than yours. You don't know where God is taking you. And these brothers also, they did not know where God was taking them. But they became jealous of this young guy. So the Bible, as we read, as we read in, in the verse that I wrote, I'm sorry, that I read, sorry, told us that he went looking for his brothers. And if it's, they normally would uh, do their, uh, they would normally do the um, rounds for their flocks around Shechem. But on this particular day, they decided to go somewhere else. They moved in a different direction and went to Dorton. You know, and I mean, I, when I was just doing this, it just caught my daughter. And I kept on wondering what this daughter is. You know, um, I think it's uh, um, Madame Jonathan. I don't, I don't know what her name is. Flo is it Florence? Our uh, patience. Patience. Thank you so much. You'll be patient in Jesus' name. You know, she said something. There is God, oh. Tell your neighbor that there is God, oh. There is God, oh. You know, because that day, they actually decided to wander off to Dorton. And, uh, you know, the experience for Joseph in Dalton wasn't that of a pleasant experience. So, I have in my note lessons from Dalton. There are some lessons that we can learn from Dalton. First thing is that if you look at uh, verse 15, on that day when he was going, you know, a certain man just found him. I wonder, why is it that a certain man will just find him? A certain man found him and said, it seems as if he's lost. Tell me what you're looking for. I don't think it's a normal thing that we go out on a daily basis and somebody just says, oh, it seems you're lost. No. But this was a man that saw this guy. So my first thing is that God sees before your enemy. He actually has the capacity to see ahead before your enemy. And he will continue to see ahead before your enemy in Jesus' name. Let's also open our Bibles to Hebrews 4. Hebrews chapter 4, 13. I'm still 
was trying to flash my thing up. Says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God is able to see everything. There's nothing that is hidden from him. Proverbs 21, no, Proverbs chapter 5, 21 also tells us the same thing. Proverbs chapter 5, 21, and uh, Psalm 31, Psalm, Psalm 139, 7 to 13 tells us where would my spirit go from thee that you would not know god knew what was going to happen he knew where he was heading to and when the man got, that's when joseph got to Dalton. physically i'll say he was exposed to his brother because the first thing the brothers actually told him was you look at um, Of uh, Genesis uh, 37, when they saw him afar off, you know his brothers actually saw him afar off. Physically, he can be found afar off by people, but that doesn't mean that God is not able to actually secure you. He was located afar off. He was located afar off. Also. In that same Dalton, they actually conspired. There was a conspiracy against this guy, even though he was actually coming to help them. They actually conspired against him. They planned against him. They connived against him. You know, there was a lot of things that was just against him. They also mocked him from afar off. We can bear witness to this with what also happened to Jesus himself. We conspired against him. We mocked him. The daughter became an environment of mockery. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so daughter actually became an environment of mockery. It wasn't um, a theater that anyone would like to be because now we're just making fun of him. Oh, that uh, dreamer is coming. This is coming. That is coming. He was pretty close to death because they actually said, let's slay him. But he wasn't actually in the know. He was oblivious of the fact that his brothers were actually about to harm him. They actually wanted to kill him. And I said his ability to be fruitful was going to be buried. You know, uh, they actually envisioned a situation where he was buried. This dream that you're having should not come up. You know, and we might say that, uh, yeah, it's just uh, Joseph and his brothers. But truly, we're in a church. We're all brothers here. You know, we're praying yesterday that God should... Uh, make the church unified a lot of things that is happening in the church or in the church at large not even in this assembly only has to do with envy 
Oh, my parish is better than yours. Oh, my congregation is better than yours. Oh, my this is better than yours. And there's a lot of competition. That even churches don't mind to bury the fruitfulness of another church. They don't mind to do that. So the question is, are you doing anything that is impacting the fruitfulness of your brother? Are you doing anything that is impacting the fruitfulness of your brother? It's actually better to actually pray to God. Give me my own dreams. Make me fruitful. Rather than look at that guy and say, ah, why is it that it's only this guy only? Why is it that it's only this guy? Why must it just be only this person? The weight that that person that you're looking at is carrying, you probably don't understand it. It might look good on the outside, but on the inside might not be that good. Late last night, I was actually watching uh, a program that they do on NBC. Um, it's actually about uh, some crimes that happened some while back, and they were able to break uh, the code of the crime. You know, uh, just as I mentioned this night, it just uh, propped up to me. It was a doctor. He was uh, a medical doctor. His parents were really poor, but he got himself into medical school and uh, passed and everything. His first job, I don't know what happened. They said he'd just been fired from one job to the other. So, but apparently he got to this particular job, he was fired again. And when they fired him, he couldn't get a job because the reference that is, you know, each time they, he gets to another place to get a job, they will write back to this uh, teaching hospital and tell them, ah, we want to employ this guy, please uh, give us a reference. What they write for him is so terrible that he's not able to get a job. Anyway, he killed, he went ahead and killed um, about um, two, of his, uh, two of his former uh, doctor um, seniors. And then he was about to kill another third one that he wasn't able to do. But, you know, what actually touched me was that when they got to his house, outside his house was Lamborghini, a very expensive car. But when they got inside, the house was empty. There was nothing in the house, no chairs, no nothing. All they could see were documents of uh, mortgages, owings, and everything that he just had on the table. So from the outside, like the policeman said, from the outside, this actually looks like a rich man. But on the inside, the man was actually going through crisis. So it's the same way. You can see a brother looks like a man of a dream. He has everything. Or you can see a church, it looks like everything inside it is going well. But you might not understand the goings on inside. And that's not the time to actually envy don't envy the wrong thing. Don't place your uh, heart on uh, something that uh, there's nothing inside. So their plan for him in Dotton was to actually bury his own ability to be fruitful. They planned to drop him in a ditch, which they did. And when they did, I mean, the ditch didn't have water inside. So I'm, I'm, I mean, for the Bible to actually make reference to it meant that probably most of the ditches around that area probably were filled with water. And that's why I said there's God. God made sure that even though they actually wanted to perpetrate that thing, the water, I mean, there was no water in the well. Every plan of the enemy concerning you, God will eliminate in Jesus' name. 
You know, they even planned what they would write on his own epitaph. He was devoured by a wild beast. They had actually planned everything. That, you know, that's how they would just put on his epitaph. Our brother was devoured by a wild beast. And the next thing was that Dotham was an experience of stripping. They actually stripped Joseph of his dignity. You know, he was stripped totally. Because the Bible says that they took him. On verse 23. Says, and it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. They actually stripped him of everything that is connected to dignity, anything that is connected to a world and a life of stability. They stripped him out of it. And they were not, you know, even his own self worth. You can imagine a guy that was just. You know, they just naked you on the road. Your self-worth is also gone with it. Everything that wants to tarnish your dignity and your self-worth, the Lord will, re will rebuke them in the name of Jesus. You know? And Dalton, you might think that Dalton is actually a terrible place. But it is not. It's a place where God actually reveals himself as the God of Joseph. As the God of Joseph. You know, but we can't go too far into uh, several other chapters. But you know, something that is so um, funny about this uh, message is that the fruitfulness that we're talking about, Joseph's dream, because I mean, if you read uh, Genesis 45, there about there, it says, God sent me ahead of you. So their own dreams was actually embodied, even in Joseph's dream. Their own particular dreams were embodied in Joseph's particular dreams. Because if he hadn't gone, or if he hadn't, if he hadn't gone ahead of them, they probably would all die in, uh, uh, in, yeah, in uh, Ebron where they were. Because when the famine was so great, he was already in Egypt. So the question is, how many people are you antagonizing that you are not aware that your own existence actually is embedded in their own? Because we're talking about fruitfulness. How many people do you think you are antagonizing? Do you think that you are envying? However, your own essence is actually embedded in their own essence. Because truly, Joseph's reasons for going or his reasons for suffering in the land that he went to suffering was for his brethren. Even though, I mean, you'll say that himself was also saved, but it was for his brethren. So God showed himself mighty. I'll say that God actually orchestrated the move for this man to go the way he went. The day that he left the house, it was not a planned thing that he would go to Dotham. From Dotham to Egypt to Potiphar's house. And the fruitfulness of his brothers, of his father, were all entangled within the same brother called Joseph. So I want to pray. I want you to pray for your, because he was a destiny helper for them. There will be no children of 
there'll be no children of Reuben, there'll be no children of Dan, there'll be no children of this, if Joseph did not go ahead to be in Egypt, because they will all be dead. Your fruitfulness, or his own, fr or their fruitfulness was uh, um, embodied in his own um, ability to take their own uh, uh, shame and everything. So if we look at um, this, uh, the, the verse that we read also, Second Kings chapter 6, because I suppose I should um, try and just um, tie this together. Yeah, though, for the one for Elisha, you know, the soldiers that actually came to arrest him, they're not his brothers. They were there to kill him. They were there to arrest him based on the instruction of the king of um, Syria. But something very funny that he did, God actually blinded them. He took them straight to the king of, uh, to the king of uh, Israel. And when the king actually saw them, I, I believe his question was, should I kill them? Really? Should I just terminate those guys? But his um, answers were very uh, revealing. Because he told them not to smooth them. Don't kill them. They're already with you. Let's just read verse 23. And he answered, thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. He also actually was a source of redeeming those people's fruitfulness. If they have been killed, that's the end of their own story also. Dotham is a place that I consider the rebirth of your ability to be fruitful. It could be a place that the enemy wants to actually bury your fruitfulness, but it's a place of rebirth. The Lord will cause everything in your life that is not fruitful to be rebirthed in Jesus' name. It's a place of rebirth. And many people don't get the opportunity. You know, they went with the intent of actually destroying him, but God showed himself that he was mighty in Dotham. In the time of uh, Elijah, Elijah was a man that, uh, I guess, was already matured. He knew what God was saying. He knew what God was able to do. However, for Joseph, he was still a young man. Because what happened to Joseph and the season where Joseph found himself in Dotham was not the same season where Elijah found himself. Elijah found himself in Dotham in a season of maturity. Joseph found himself in Dotham in a season when he was still a growing person. Let's say a growing Christian or uh, a person that just started to walk with the Lord. He wasn't yet, uh, he hasn't come to himself. So if he had come to himself, he probably would have known that in Dotham, there was a great host. A host that could fight for him. You know, in our state of, I'm confused, I don't know what is going on, 
I woke up this morning, everything is good, and suddenly it's just going downhill. This man knew that there was a great host, and he was not perturbed. We need to actually have a good sense of where God is. When you have a good sense of where God is, you will not be troubled. You will not be troubled. So I want you to pray for yourself. God reveal.